Wait, what time are we starting? Seven thirty. I need to confirm multiple times. Welcome. I mean, this is this is an X Men show, right? Like, oh so I have God. to make sure that you're now just in case you're coming back from the future, or you went to the future and you came back and you don't know how much time passed, or you're the evil version of yourself from the future coming to back to kill the younger clone of yourself. I don't know. Okay, do you like how this episode like had a reference to Bishop for no fucking reason? Speaking of things coming from the future and not being explained. Oh my God. Anyway, I already forgot about that. I guess I we're think... starting. Maybe we should say who we are. I'm Maddie. No, I'm somebody. I'm Wolverine's fuck toy, according <laughs> to this chat we have today. Yeah, also, that's... my name is Ryan. <laughs> Ryan's current display name is Wolverine's fuck toy. And whose isn't these days? Uh, I mean, true. This is a Morph? show. This is a podcast. <laughs> Welcome, where we watch every adaptation Wait, of the what? X-Men. This is seriously the opening? <laughs> yeah, why not? Back when we were young, we experienced a change. We felt a power growing in us, both wonderful and strange. The power to care about the X-Men and the mutant brotherhood. All of their adventures. So guys, we have really exciting news for the Mutant Ages. You will get to see us talk about the X-Men live in person at Aresia, or Aresia, which is the name of a science fiction convention in Boston, Massachusetts, this January. Let me look up those dates because I didn't do that. Yeah, I, went to, I was hoping you time. knew, and I was like, January, Maddie will know. <laughs> January 12th to 15th. And so you should come see us because we're going to be yep. on at least two, two panels, panels about the X-Men and some other panels that aren't about the X-Men, but we're going to be on a panel about the X-Men and politics. And we're also going to be on a panel about Legion, which is a TV show that we love and we talk about on the show all the time. So you should come yep. see us. Come see us. I will also be on another Marvel related panel, which is about the MCU specifically. Mm-hmm. And I think and I will be on a couple of panels about video games. Yeah. So that's I'm, cool. I don't think my co-panelists are ready for me to be there because I think they're going to be like, it's great. And like, you know, I love the movies, but you... I don't know. Arisha is kind of a cool convention. If our if our listeners have never been to it before, it's pretty progressive. It's pretty political. It's a lot like our show. A lot of and times people located? get angry at Arisha about the exact same kinds of things that we get angry about on this show. Good. And I will also be on another panel where I'll be talking about horror makeup, which if you follow me on Twitter or, or anywhere, you especially Instagram, you'll see that I work in the horror industry and I do haunted houses and horror prosthetics and makeup. So I'll be talking a lot about that, too. So, yeah, it's it's a really cool con. Ryan's never been before. I've been every year for a long time, so I already know what it's like. But if you live near Boston and you want to come see us talk in person and meet us, that would be really, really fun. Yeah, let's and... actually schedule a meetup this time correctly, not just randomly posting at Retro World Expo that we're there and then leave. <laughs> and then leave. <laughs> I mean, we could totally do that. Do we have any fans who actually want to meet up with us? 
I think the real question is, do we have any fans that live in the New England area, especially Boston? I don't know the like answers willing. to that, but yeah. we would love to hear from you and we would love to meet you, even if it's like one of you. Let us know. You can tweet at us at the Mutant Ages or email us at um, the Mutant Ages at gmail.com. Right now, we've, we're watching X Men the Animated Series, and we're up to episode three of season two, which yes. is a, just a wild ride where three completely different plot lines happen. And our, none of them intersect. None of them at intersect all. at any point. And we just. They don't have anything to do with each other, but they're all interesting plot lines. So I can't even are, like rag like, on that. It's like one of those classic examples where I'm like, why didn't they divide this into two episodes and like try to devote slightly more time to any of these? But maybe they didn't oh, need no. to. You know I don't what that know. means, though? If it's they didn't do that, it's going to be like the other episodes where. They cram a bunch of interesting shit into one episode, and then the next episode is like Wolverine wandering Antarctica for 20 minutes. Well, instead of Antarctica, it's going to be the Savage Land, but we'll get there. Anyway, this episode isn't that yet. It's called Whatever It Takes. And the first two episodes of this season were almost entirely about Mr. Sinister, but he's not in this episode. Yes, he is. Well, I mean, he's in the previously. No, you see him for a second. Really? When? Well, I guess we're gonna get to it because spoilers, Maddie. Is he they like? Is he like this. in the background of a shot and I missed no, it? No, he's responsible for like the ending. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> I was hoping that he would like pop out in Africa oh. somewhere and just be like, <laughs> and I. You like, were actually hoping missed that happening. And were that you just hoping that it was gonna be amazing. like one of those like '80s shows where you have to spot like yeah, the stupid character like, in the background? Well, because there's three. But different... then at the end, Mister Sinister comes out. And he's like, "What did you learn today, kids?" <laughs> Did you see me the entire time <laughs> filming the X-Men on my hidden camera? Oh my god, wait, I said that as a joke, but like that, I mean, canonically, he was no, doing I that. Know. I mean, that's why it's a running gag on our show. Anyway, right, for Mr. anybody Sinister who's new, is kind of involved in an ongoing plot line with Magneto and Xavier, and also Morph. I guess we'll just do the previously. Yes. Previously on the X-Men... Mr. Sinister somehow saved Morph from dying. Morph seemed to die in the first season of this show, but it turns out he's okay because Mr. Sinister revived him him and brainwashed him and turned him into like a zombie slave. And now Morph is like having this weird dual personality thing where he's like semi-controlled by Mr. Sinister still, but he's like trying to become Morph again and he's on the run and goes to the Amazon, I guess, but we'll get there. And there's, I guess that's it for the previously on, right? Did anything else get summarized? Uh, Well, yeah. I mean, let's talk about the fact that Scott and Jean got married, but they were tricked and they weren't actually officially married because Morph (laughs) married them only to fuck with them and all the X-Men and Storm was shot and put into the hospital. Yeah, but all of that doesn't matter now. Like, Storm is fine now. And then Wolverine basically admitted that he loves Morph Mm -hmm. and he didn't want Morph to leave and Morph ran away and they fucked briefly on the spaceship before they left. Yeah, they really quickly fucked in the woods and then Morph was like, I have to get on a spaceship and leave you forever. And Wolverine was like, I'll find you. Yep, pretty much. And that's it. Oh, and also, Mr. Sinister started a boy band at his, like, gay yeah. club, Sinister. The with good the nasty old boys, nasty boys. unfortunately, <laughs> are now gone. Although, we had the last episode, I was very obsessed with them. Yeah. I mean, maybe it was, like, another, like, spot the Sinister scenario where the nasty boys were also hidden throughout the episode, and we just should have been paying more attention. I mean, there's a lot of, like, background characters, but whatever. That's true. Anyway. There's a lot of new characters in this episode. 
mm-hmm. none that actually exist in the comic books. Don't worry about nope, it. Nope. So, I sure did look up all of them because I was really I confused. I did too because I was like, hmm, do, am I just misremembering <laughs> yep, my own? Same. I like, did the same thing. I mean, to be fair, like I consider myself a well-versed X-Men fan because but I have read a lot like to remember. most of the I mean, comics, but it's know, been like... 60 years or something like oh, that. Oh, sure. So, I mean, and, like, Storm's origin was, like, decades and decades ago. So I was like, right, maybe and I'm they definitely forgetting have gone about back. some of this. But no, I wasn't. This is uh-uh. not quite it. You know what? But I, and I was questioning it because I know they have gone back and added into they Storm's have. background, they've, like, they've three or four times. It and they've added in some kind of stupid stuff. I don't think they've actually retconned it. I think they've just gone back and continued to add to it. Well, just to like make present anyway, things that doesn't work. matter. That's not even what's in this show. They give no. her a different backstory in this. <laughs> they give her like an insane backstory here. Uh, I'm going to also mention that my previously on the X-Men notes just says morph is crazy. Yeah. Well, that is b- basically what happened. I, I didn't write anything else. My on the X-Men notes say that I forgot that both Xavier and Magneto, when they get set up on a blind date by morph in, the, in Antarctica. <laughs> How did you forget that? No, that no, no. Like that's not what I forgot. part of the last episode. That isn't what I forgot. What I forgot about it was that they both said to each other that they were going to tell each other their last words. Like, they both were dying. Well, according to Morph, they both were dying and called the other one to be like, I have to tell you my last words. Like, that was the setup. That's what they say oh to each God. other. And they show you it know previously what? on. And like, they are so melodramatic. so fucking gay. Like, uh, like what? And, like, that worked They're probably... on both of them. They were both like, oh, my God, my boyfriend's dying. I have to find out what his last words are. And hopefully his last words will be that he finally agrees with my political leanings. Like, probably. <laughs> that or they're going to be like, I hope you brought tickets to Hamilton or something like that that's well that's what professor x would want i think i feel like magneto wouldn't stand for that shit anyway i don't know what magneto would even like cats i have no idea um (laughs) no he would probably like like fucking he would like lay miz let's be real oh you're right you're so (laughs) he would be lay miz why are you talking about this okay i don't know we don't even like musicals jesus (laughs) okay so anyway this episode opens with this kid in africa who's running really fast yeah mount kilimanjaro is where he is in tanzania right not that it matters but there's like 60 60 title cards that tell us where we are every five seconds because this episode changes location like every scene so i wrote them down is it ever clear to you what his powers are because to me i was like um he has speed he's kind of like the flash but obviously he's a marvel character but basically he can like just run really fucking fast and like it's okay, confusing like because sometimes it seems like he can s- sort of shape shift too because they like show him like turning into a fast panther at one point but i think that's just <laughs> metaphorical and actually he can oh just run God. really fast yeah okay so it's this little kid in africa we don't anything he's about like, him playing i would say he's like teenaged i would say he's like 14 or 15 yeah 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 and he's like he's playing not soccer like a with child his friends yeah yeah and then he starts freaking out because apparently he also has asked he has like some telepathic yeah this is kind extent. of interesting because they don't explain this but for whatever reason he's able to also see sort of the behavior of the astral plane even though that isn't necessarily his mutant power he can see it nobody's uh, nobody's even sure how that works and his friends can't see it and they're laughing at him and they think he's like pulling a prank on him but they do seem to know that he has mutant powers because they're like they're all playing soccer together they like make a joke about how he's going too fast for them haha and like but they're all friends and like being good-natured about it but then he starts freaking out because he sees this astral plane sort of opening in a mountain Uh, i wrote it as i said this kid has a vision of a cosmic vagina that becomes evil well i mean it's like a you know big old slit in the sky i mean it's it's his coming of age 
mutation. I feel like that's what any portal looks like. Like it mostly reminded a me of like She-Ra and He-Man, <laughs> which also have all those like vaginal portals opening and people going through them. You know, it really that's, reminded that's me true. of that. That's true. So all these kids are laughing at him because they're like, okay, so this kid's just crazy, and he's like, no, yeah, evil comes. And then it goes over to Jean in Cerebro, and she's sensing it on Jean, Cerebro. Jean and she's can't like, make head nor tails of this shit because Jean is useless. She's just I know. Like, she's like, what the fuck is happening to a again? Map and there's like just this glowing red beacon in Tanzania, and she's like, something is happening here. I don't know what, though. And like she and Beast <laughs> are just looking at this map of Africa and being like, huh. Something sure does look like it's happening They're just like, in there. What is this country over here? It's just so weird because it's like, why does Cerebro have this functionality? Like, did Cerebro create this map of Africa? Like, where's that projection coming from? Why is Beast there? <laughs> like, what room are they even in right now? You know, They're that's just... a good point because Beast is there for this conversation and just that's the end of Beast for the entire episode. Okay. That's it. And then Beast comes up with like this theory about what the beacon is and his theory is that it has to do with bishop and he calls him our friend bishop but beast was in jail for all those episodes right like right am i misremembering uh, that yes so I, why does briefly? he even know who bishop is and also bishop isn't involved in any of this so is it also just... he's not their friend i mean I let's know, be real I know. so i was just like why is it like the showrunners were like, we should probably remind them Bishop exists because he will come back later, but not now. But we should probably just like remind the viewers that Bishop is like a person. I don't. Well, OK, so there's a part later on where they're running through the astral plane and they're on like a rainbow bridge. And I definitely remember Bishop and Shard running across a rainbow bridge at some point in the series. And th I thought maybe that was about to happen, but then it, it didn't. doesn't. So, so maybe it's like later there's an episode where Bishop is like involved in the astral plane and they were yeah, trying I to guess. like foreshadow I don't know why. That. He does not have psychic powers. We've gotten into that. All right. So anyway, then I just then was Storm... pointing this out because this scene is insane and it's never explained. So yes, just this I'm one just scene. This one scene is it. insane so then, and not explained. No, I know. And then Storm all. walks in and she looks at the beacon that's blinking on this map and recognizes the place that it is and says Mijnari and we don't know who or what that is but she's saying yeah. it it's she's saying that name, and also rogues there kind of translating for her would be like oh she's out of the hospital now she said she would flood the kitchen if she, they didn't let her release her and mm -hmm. i was like wait i had so many questions yeah i was like okay wasn't storm apprehended number one number two they let her go because she threatened to like destroy property what is happening? How did this work? I feel at like all? she probably just straight up broke out of the hospital and was like, I'm just gonna leave because like that's just the kind of character that Storm is. Like pretty much she just she obeys her own laws because she's so powerful that it just doesn't even matter. And like we're all just lucky that she has her own sense of morality and like decides not to kill everyone. Like, you know? Right. Anyway. Right. And so they look at the light, <laughs> right? And so Rogue then turns around, she goes, Maybe the light's Xavier. And it's like, you guys. Everyone like, could is coming all up with theories harder. and everyone is wrong. And Storm is the only person who knows who, what it is. And so she jets off into the sky and Rogue follows her. And Storm, I think, says something about how it's not her hometown, but it's like a place she's lived before. Yeah. She's lived in like a ton of towns, but we're going to get there. Right. And but so it doesn't she's matter sort because... of explaining to, to Rogue in the sky and being like, you know, it's, it's a village that I've lived in before. And Rogue is kind of like, that's sort of a weird coincidence. Like, it's got to have something to do with you then if you know this place and they get 
there and the villages are on fire for some reason and so storm is obviously really upset all of a sudden and like puts out the fires really quickly with rain and lands and yeah rogue saves some cows Mm -hmm. she does and they're so they're kind of like fixing up the village i don't even know why the village is on fire by the way is that explained (laughs) no i mean we already skipped like three scenes i guess it is explained because so then we meet shawnee which is just storm's secret wife i like, actually think that she what? and storm might be related i don't think they're because i tried th- okay. to find that out i was like well because what's happening in, in storm's actual canonical origin she comes from a long lineage of white-haired sorceresses and this woman is also white-haired and she doesn't also appear to be old at all she looks to be about storm's age yeah, maybe a little bit that's older. that's why i was like so are they together like i couldn't tell what was happening because it turns out that they are both two moms of a child which is right. the kid but the mutant kid from the beginning yeah but they don't tell us that they're related or anything so they, i don't know they really don't they just they don't really <laughs> explain anything at all but at, at some point the woman's like oh it's Mishnari that's causing this problem and storm's like no not Mishnari. and rogue's like okay i'll beat the shit out of him and make him stop and then she goes to fly away and storm grabs her she's like no that's my son yeah and everyone's like what, what? the fuck <laughs> everyone's like wait okay. storm abandoned a child and it turns out there's not storm's biological child it's shawnee's biological child but storm also i don't know it seems pretty gay I, I, to me this... i'm just gonna say that like i don't, I don't know anything but let's back it up here because we like <laughs> forgot a couple things we forgot the fact that there were at least two scenes where we watched Mijnari actually get possessed by the shadow king for sure yeah and also we have to mention that in brazil there's wolverine riding oh, down shit. the little steamboat okay. with that like australian That's dude next so you know, you're right there's a scene where we show that Mijnari gets possessed by the shadow king and he says he's the shadow king but we don't know who the shadow king is yet but and his voice changes he's yeah. like i am the shadow king <laughs> Like it's it's pretty much like Darth Vader. Yeah, uh, and he starts floating in the air, and for some reason, Mishnari's friends like aren't that worried about that, and I don't know why. But anyway, they I mean, should be they're because just their used, I guess it seems to me the they're Shadow used King. to like mutants being there. I don't know. And yeah, you're right. But, but so that's it's still weird. It's a weird scene. And then we go to to Brazil. Yes, and that's where I. Oh my god! So Wolverine's talking to the sailor on a boat, right? And this sailor is like clearly Australian, and is like. Why is this Australian dude in Brazil? And like, why does I don't he think have a understand. pet monkey named Montgomery? Like, what is any of this a reference I, I don't to? know what any of this is, but, like, it's really funny because, like, he's, like, this, the sailor's just like, ha, ha, you said there's a person that changes to other person and we're supposed to find him. Is he a mutant? And Wolverine's, like, not talking to him. Yeah, and so Wolverine's he's bonding just, with like, the monkey. playing with the guy's monkey, which is really I funny. Know. <laughs> and then they pull up to the dock. He's like, we're here. And Wolverine's just, like, gone like Batman. Mm-hmm. Not but I think explained. at some point, like, Wolverine says something like, Morph, why did you come all the way out here? And it's clear that he's like using his tracking power to find Morph. Yeah, pretty much. And so then Wolverine goes to this bar, which is full of African Americans, which I'm just like. Is it? I mean, there's also like a a guy who. I mean, I don't know. There's a light-skinned guy who's dressed like Fred Flintstone. I wrote that down. Uh, yeah, okay. So there's definitely that. And there's like, a, there's always like tribal Africans in the background. Yeah, and there's I'm like, definitely a guy who looks like a stereotypical like tribal African who is sitting at a table with Fred Flintstone. But they are in Brazil. Okay, so we have the Australian guy. We have the African guy. It we have like, like this. There's some sort of weird costume party happening because there's those uh, yeah, I mean, two are guys... they really in Brazil or did they just like, was this part this of like is... a Disney cruise yeah, and he just yeah, got yeah, off yeah. that? It totally this... looks like... You 
either a Disney cruise or a gay bar or maybe both. I mean, I guess the Amazon is like a tourist trap. So I guess these are just people from all over. But like, why are they dressed in weird costumes? Like that I can't explain. Yeah, they're just hanging out at a bar. Anyway, this bar looks like a Halloween party where everyone is wearing racist costumes is attending. And the bartender is a sexy gay cowboy who's wearing a really low cut shirt. And then that bartender turns out to be Morph. Okay, did it, Maddie, were you dead at that point I when you realized dead, that was but him? Honestly, I was already also dead because I kept, I paused and rewound it because I wanted to watch Fred Flintstone and the like tribal African guy <laughs> in the background because I was so confused about why they were there. And so Wolverine barges into the bar and is like, Morph, I know it's you. And then as soon as they start like yelling at each other, the tribal guy and Fred Flintstone just like quietly get up and leave. Did you notice that? I, I don't did, know why I, did I found notice that. that. So funny. They're like, oh, these gays. They were like, these two are about to get into a big old fight. We better get out of here. Lovers quarrel. But also before they go in, two guys are leaving the bar and talking about like, I guess, morph. And they're like, and his big trick at the end is he turns into a bar. Did you understand? I heard him say that. I was like, was that a joke? I don't I didn't understand if he... Okay, like, I'm just, I haven't said, turning Maddie, into you're just going to have to take this episode because I just keep screaming, what? Look, I, I know. don't know. I've already gone out of order because of how confusing the episode itself is, and I'm sorry for that, for the listener's sake. But I guess what we're supposed to believe is that Morph is turning himself into a bar as a joke for people? Like he's transforming into a bar. Right, and but there's like, also already a real bar. I don't know. Wolverine is trying to get Morph back, so he's like, Morph, I know what you're going through. I've been to hell and back, so if there's anyone who understands you, it's me. Let me help you. And, and he Morph- says, I can save you. And Morph says, it's a little late for that, which I thought was a good line because obviously Wolverine didn't save him the first no, time and so around. It, so this is where Morph somehow yeah. unhinges the entire bar and throws it at Wolverine. Okay. And I was like, and then what is turns, happening? He turns into Jean Grey. This oh my god! This whole scene. This is this is when I started texting you like yeah, mad, you and I was like, like a thousand the times. gayest shit is because going down in this he episode. Turns into, and he turns into Jean Grey and starts like seducing Wolverine. It was like I was like, oh, so this is what the relationship is. Yeah, but he just which Morph if that's just the case, that is like Wolverine super wants. fucked up. I mean, I know. So, like, basically, Morph becomes whoever Wolverine wants to fuck that night. That's what it is. And so Wolverine Which is looks, like, kinky, really but also freaked really fucking out. Weird. And, like, I guess he's freaked out because this is, like, a weird reminder of all the sex stuff that he and Morph used to do. And then Morph, as Jean, is like, I'm in love with Cyclops and not you. <laughs> and then, like, runs out of the room. and is like, Okay, but also Wolverine is confused. He's like, he literally goes... Gene? I know he like thinks it's Gene and I'm like Logan are you this stupid you're not <laughs> <laughs> like he just I don't know thinks that Gene is it there. seems to me that this is I mean I thoroughly enjoyed this episode oh sure it doesn't make any kind of sense no though. It, it sure so. doesn't it sure doesn't but I, I laughed out loud and enjoyed all of it so so more runs out the back door which Wolverine responds to by like blowing a hole through the door and chasing after him mm-hmm. and then just runs off into the woods screaming and this is when we go back to Stop. Storm. Uh, and this Storm's is when wife. Storm explains to Rogue that technically this kid isn't really her son. She just 
you know, Shani had the baby and then Storm resuscitated the baby because... Okay, so there's there's also a scene here where we just literally have a dead baby on screen for I like know. 10 minutes. And it's like sad. <laughs> this it's is... really like kind of horrifying. I was like, okay, so the show's doing dead babies now. And but Storm's don't worry, like... Storm has wind powers and she uses them to save the baby. Oh, is that what she does? She was blowing wind down his... I don't fucking know. They don't explain it. I just figured I it had to be something like that. Because Well, whatever. Because she was able to magically resuscitate him, she became his godmother. Mm-hmm. But she just identifies herself as his mom. And he calls her that, too. He calls both of his yeah. moms mom. I don't know, man. I'm just saying. Okay. I don't uh, know. Let's go on the record and say that Mijnari <laughs> is not a character who actually exists. This is like a cartoon-only character. Yeah. And I don't think Shawnee exists, either. At least I couldn't I looked, find Because I looked Mijnari other... up, and I was like... I don't remember Storm, even before we found out who he really was, I paused and I was like, I need to look up if Storm has a kid because I'm 90% certain that she does not. So I looked it up and I was like, okay, she doesn't. So who is this kid? Yeah, And then I, I had did to figure out the what the spelling of his name was. And then sense. I figured it out. And the only thing I could find him attached to was the animated series. So all this is just fucking made up for the show as far as I can tell. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I did. Yeah. I had the exact same experience as you watching this. Okay, good. Because I was just sort of like, I'm like I'm pretty well versed in my X Men. Did I forget something? Well, nope, I mean, I this guess this is one of those weird X Men animated only series things. The so thing I don't here know. is that he's not really her son. Like that, I guess, is kind of their loophole. But like, he's still invented wholesale for the show, and it also makes Storm seem kind of irresponsible because it's like, is she supposed to be here, like helping raise this kid, or is it just kind yeah, of? Yeah, I a mean, they live in like where... a third world country. They literally have no power. Here we go again. It's like 1990 something, and like everybody just lives in like tribal villages. I will. They've say... never been to the big city. <laughs> they hear that there's power and magic there although it does seem like overall they're doing a lot better than the alaskan villagers like they have cows and like they seem they like are playing yeah, they, like, soccer they understand and, that like, they need to eat yeah, and like, like they, not they live they in the snow to, like, i don't know you know function as a society as opposed to the alaskan villagers who were like we've never fished before now a white man <laughs> is finally here to show us how to do it and it's like really dumb at least these characters no. i yeah, felt I mean, like it was slightly improved because like the teenagers are like doing teenager things and i don't know yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, like, you're, I'm sure you're right. It's, I'm it, sure it's totally inaccurate, but I don't know enough about the the place where they live to say I, that. I mean, let's. We were also kids then, so I don't really remember oh, what sure. the world was like. I didn't even remember like this episode. So whatever. Anyway, I I vaguely remember this episode, but it's also one of those ones I barely paid attention to. Well, and it so... moves really fast. I feel like I wouldn't have understood what was happening if I hadn't kept pausing it. So then, all of a sudden, at the end of this conversation, Mishari just shows up like yeah he like walks in he just he, like, walks, walks through the front walks door he's like stop into the scene oh, and all of a sudden sorry no it's like... shadow king so he's more like stop <laughs> yeah it's the shadow king and so then hello storm i have to talk to you oh, <laughs> that's basically... i want to make a deal that's like how casual he is which is actually kind of funny and so then everybody else starts do you to... want to go to olive garden tonight <laughs> except he makes her go with him to a top of a mountain but not yet first rogue is like shocked that it's the shadow king and she says something like but professor xavier sent you to the astral plane and that's backstory for us okay so this is really a, that was fast. actually an interesting writing technique i, liked I it, felt yeah. because we had never matched the shadow king on this show and when he came in it was pretty clear that both rogue and storm had battled him in the past right. so they're referencing something happened a long time ago and i was like oh cool so this kind of shows that they've been 
like fighting the good fight for a while and even though they're just recently public vigilantes they've been yeah they've only recently like come up with the x-men designation and stuff but they're familiar with the shadow king and like obviously xavier already knew storm anyway it's it's an interesting writing because you don't normally see that especially in a cartoon like this yeah and they never show a flashback either which i liked they don't show that how often do you have a show where they introduce a character like a kid's show even where they introduce a character that has already got some backstory with everyone and it's just and it's referenced in a very casual way you don't see that like i don't think it ever happens again like that in no any of the series. i i really liked it too because it's actually like a line that's delivered really quickly and so you have to kind of be like wait a minute and you're as confused as the characters are here which i right. like you're kind of like almost in the shoes of like Mijnari and his mom in this yeah or that's, even that's Rogue, the story who spends the entire episode being like wait who the fuck are these people like where are we right now like- okay rogue is like <laughs> desperately trying to save her girlfriend throughout this I entire know. episode okay so then the shadow king is like i'm going to be on top of this mountain <laughs> waiting for you as soon as you want to come meet me storm and so he like flies off up to a mountain and storm is like okay i'm gonna go to the top of the mountain and rogue is like what the fuck like professor xavier could barely beat this guy and you're gonna go do it by yourself and storm is like i don't want you to hurt my son and like flies off by herself and rogue is like i'm going with you because yeah pretty much she's like i think storm tells her to stay behind and rogue's just like no yeah i liked <laughs> like, that i really liked that because i was i didn't want rogue to be an idiot and she's not no and so she's so we see storm talking to mijinari slash shadow kane and storm's like please leave him to be take my body instead and shadow kane's like okay <laughs> so i mean it's not her idea he comes up no with it's it. not she just wants to save Mijinari. Yeah, yeah, and, so yeah. and there's Rogue really no like, good way out of this one like i was sympathetic to storm here because basically the shadow king wants storm's body because storm is super super powerful and like has amazing mutant powers and so the shadow king could like right be amazingly powerful if he had her body and so he's basically kidnapped her son so there's no good way out. And so then Rogue run rushes up to the mountain and tries to get in between the two of them. And Storm is like, no, Rogue, don't. I'm going to do this. But even if Rogue was possessed by the Shadow King, that's not better. Rogue is like also really fucking strong. So either way, I mean, way, like, all the fucked. X-Men are like ridiculously overpowered. I know, but so, we've got I mean, like two of the most powerful X-Men on this mountain here. And like... But there's a reason why he doesn't take Rogue's body, right, which we'll which get to in a few minutes. later. But I feel like even... I just thought it was a cool writing choice to be like, really, they have no other way out of this, you know? Right. Like, Storm has to get possessed by the Shadow King. And so she does that. And there's a really cool musical sting where, like, the Shadow King is exiting her kid's body and it's like, blah, and it's like really creepy <laughs> and weird. Okay, I and wrote there's there, like this smoke. Listen, I, all I wrote is Shadow King vapes into Storm's yeah, mouth. I liked the Pretty weird much. sounds that they used in this so, episode. Yeah, so there's like smoke going from Mijinari's mouth into Storm's mouth and Rogue standing there trying to punch the smoke. It's pretty great. <laughs> it is pretty great. And meanwhile, like the inception noise is happening like as Storm <laughs> it's is like, getting... It's like, da, da, da. And like Rogue's that. like, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. And, but it's really like cool and spooky at yep, the same time. So pretty much it's very spooky. And then Shadow King gets inside Storm's body and he's like, it's cool to have a warm body again. Now I can go rule all of Cairo until Professor Xavier shows up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. And so then so. he, as Storm, is like flying off into the sky and Rogue 
throughout the rest of this, Michinari keeps being like, I want to help. And like Rogue and Storm keep being like, can you please go home and like stop? You're like a child. Yourself? But he I don't won't. Know. So Rogue flies into the sky, which obviously Michinari can't follow her. And um, they're flying around and she's trying to fight the Shadow King. And at one point she Shadow takes Queen. off her glove and right. she's like, she also announces him. what she's doing. She's like, I literally know. like, I'm taking off my glove and I'm going to touch your face and take you inside me, Shadow King. And Shadow King's like, no, no, you just told me your plan, you stupid bitch. And I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so then he's like, he does have that great line there where he says, your brain's a little too crowded for me. Yeah. And he like is throwing lightning at her and stuff. And like he keeps blasting her to the ground, but she keeps flying back up, which is pretty cool. I thought this was a cool fight yeah. scene. There's some weird animation in this episode at points, but I did think the fight scenes were fun to watch. Mostly like people's faces, like sometimes just looked really strange. And I was like, I mean, right. I agreed. I definitely <laughs> felt like the rogue's eyes were kind of going yeah, all over yeah, the place yeah. in this. There and I was like, what's happening? When just like certain close ups, I'd be like, well, somebody drew that one really fast probably because they were busy drawing <laughs> all the other insane shit that has to happen i mean yeah i i mean i'm not gonna even knock on the animators no. in this because once when they hit the astral plane they actually do some crazy stuff and even the I'm stuff i'm sure with that the was what King, they were spending the most of their time on in this episode. i also want to say that we've gone to an extent to just keep on saying the shadow king pretty casually but we're gonna point out a no moment in this episode they explain who the shadow king is like at all no no they don't like we haven't explained who he is because the episode yeah, i will just go I will explain since the episode does not that says he is a parasitical entity that like goes from body host to body host and, and he looks if you've been watching creepy. Legion which has been the new live action TV show about Professor Xavier's and son it's good yeah Shadow Keen is in there and they do a very good job of showing who he is and I, you know, like, yeah, I, I would recommend so that if you want to learn there. anything about who he is, because they don't explain it in this show. I mean, uh, I don't know that they really need to. Like, they do a lot of work with the visuals here. Like, I really liked yeah. all the different, like, bodies that the Shadow King takes on. They definitely do. And if they have to do they some crazy make animation. Him seem scary. And yeah, because he is, okay, canonically, if you've seen him in the comics, I've always thought he was really cool because he really is, like, this illustration of nightmares. Yeah. Like, he is not fun to look at and he definitely falls into like that Sinkowitz artist who just draws things very creepily and like he's got huge teeth and yeah. when he possesses his favorite body host which is like this big round bald guy he even manages to look like dead and decrepit and so yeah. I, I just think like they did a really good job at trying to animate that for a kids show on their budget while trying to stick to their like Jim Lee style yeah so I mean they I have just... him instead be kind of like a sort of weird ghost at points like sometimes he's like a big weird towering robot right. thing and then other times he's kind of like this ghost face i don't like i don't find around. him actually that scary on the show and if i had seen it as a kid i probably would not be scared because they for the except for him everything else in the episode is kind of brightly colored it's yeah. not like i mean the rest of the episode isn't scary the stuff that i think maybe would be scary to a kid isn't necessarily the look of the shadow king so much as like the idea of what's happening like sure. watching storm sacrifice herself and then like getting sucked in by the smoke and stuff is like kind of scary because you're like oh no what if storm dies plus then in a minute she's gonna do her storm thing where she tries to kill herself yeah yeah but this is definitely not like a Care Bears animation movie where it's like happy and then suddenly everything is horror looking you know brave little toaster horror it's just like 
everything still looks the same but then there's also like the shadow king yeah so yeah well so anyway um shadow king and rogue are fighting in the sky and at one point he like hits her with a bunch of lightning as she falls to the ground and Mishinari barely catches her and insists that he's not going to go home because he has to save his mom did you say that did you mention that storm flew up into the universe because that happened that hasn't happened yet though it hasn't no i I, I keep on trying to correct you as to where we are in this episode and then you're just correcting me because well i was wrong before so i don't blame you for correcting me this time because i did get the order wrong initially but now the next scene is morph and wolverine falling into a mine shaft and fighting in a mine shaft why i think because they already had a mine shaft animation from all the other episodes where characters fight in a mine shaft and so they wanted to use that instead of animating a jungle that's my dude, theory dude i i'm 100 with with you on that because i'm pretty sure they used that background I from know. those episodes like, when they were fighting the sentinel wait again. yeah it was like the same background and as master mold or something mm-hmm, like that mm-hmm. i Which don't know was another episode where we were like why are they in a mine shaft <laughs> but anyway okay so they're fighting each other and morph is turning into things and i didn't even take cohesive notes here i just wrote panther and all exclamation but parks. wait before all of that happens wolverine makes a joke where he's like you think i'm mad now you should see me in line at the post office which i loved because i hate I the post too. office and me and logan are exactly the same person person and yes you are you hate the post office so much that i wrote a story about it for you once yeah it was like that kind of when day. i still recorded vlogs of which there are only like four i made a vlog about the post office anyway did you actually post that one yeah i don't even remember that anyway okay. it doesn't matter so morph says all of this weird stuff to logan like when i'm through with you your mind will never recover and then he turns into deadpool and also saber <laughs> okay i wrote that down i was like why is he Deadpool right now? Because and it's then he gay? turns into Omega Red, and then he turns into Maverick, and it was like, what is? And happening? then he turns into a Panther, as Ryan said, and then a Rhino, and then Sabretooth, and then as Sabretooth, he says, "Without Xavier, there are no X Men." Wolverine is like, "That's not true." And then Morph changes back into Morph and goes, "I have to get through this by myself," and runs off in the mine shaft, there's, like crying. Well, there's also a whole thing where they do the whole wolverine versus like wolverine thing Mm -hmm. that was very similar to the wolverine versus mystique battle in the x-men movie so i kind of wonder if they actually looked at this scene because it's very similar in the way that they fight and then there's even a part there where wolverine cuts off the fake wolverine's claws so yeah although wolverine is a lot more hesitant to actually hurt morph than wolverine is to hurt mystique in those movies like i really like the animation of this where like you see a lot of shots of like wolverine's anguished face as he's fighting morph and he really like he keeps grabbing morph's wrists instead of actually like using his claws against him i just thought it was like cool fight choreography because you can tell that logan doesn't really want to fight morph I don't know. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, I, liked I, I did setup. really like when he popped only the two claws, but didn't pop the last one. So yeah, because he could have he could have cut off Morph's head like that. He was that close. Yeah. And then so after Morph runs away, saying that he needs to deal with this by himself, Wolverine's like, "All right, baby, <laughs> but remember, <laughs> so I'm here waiting for you." He okay, it's says that exact line. It's okay. He doesn't say "Okay, baby," but he says the other part. He's like, He's "I'll like, be here I'll waiting, be for, waiting you. for you," and also the rest of the X Men will be too. But mostly, <laughs> quickly me. like adds that note in, like kind of. It was very much reminded me of like high school when I was heading on like the guy I liked at the time, and I'm like, "Hey, if you need anything, like I'm gonna go to the movies, and also all of our other friends, <laughs> if you want to join me and us, like." <laughs> You know, how did that go? 
I, you two I, I, are got, married I had a boyfriend now, right? for a month, so I mean, it worked out. I guess I don't know how it worked out for Wolverine here, but I mean, I guess we'll find out. I guess we'll find out. But anyway, first I, we wait, have wait, to hold watch... on. What, are we, what story are we telling? This episode or Ryan's mutant adventures in high school? I don't know. I mean, maybe we're telling a story about you going on a date with Wolverine. We might not be. <laughs> I mean, oh God, is it time for that section already? <laughs> I don't know. We haven't done it in a while. After years of waiting, the dream's coming true. Wolverine's on a date with you. <laughs> I guess he's the one I went to the movies with. I don't even remember. Oh, God, and he must be... Fr- Somebody's brainwashing me. It was Mr. Sinister, but from the future, and it's still me. <laughs> okay. Anyway, okay, anyway back to our I, show. Are, oh, oh. <laughs> Maddie, I don't even know what happens next, because all I wrote is, okay, all of this next part is insane, and that's the only no- note I took. Like, what? Well, Not don't helpful, worry, because Ryan. I wrote it down. It's about, it's like a flashback of Baby Storm. She looks like 12 years old, and she's stealing somebody's wallet, and then all of a sudden she turns around, and the Shadow King is just this massive, like the size of a house robot that's like standing over her and like grabs oh her. Oh my god. And I was yeah. like, so is this how they met? She's just stealing somebody's wallet and then the Shadow King is like, I want that wallet, little girl. <laughs> and then grabs it and takes you it. You want to party with me, little girl? Oh god, that's too creepy. Take that out. That's basically... <laughs> oh, I'm not taking it out because this scene is creepy and it's like basically that and I didn't understand what was happening and it doesn't tell you. It doesn't yeah. fucking... <laughs> tell you this episode doesn't explain anything except that Majinari is not her child that's all we got yeah this is when so she flies then, up into the sky this is right when she flies into the sky yep so Storm- it's not just the sky she's like i'm gonna cut off his oxygen or she didn't even say that rogue figures it out mm-hmm. and storm's like i must do this and so she flies into the literally the galaxy and i was like how is she doing this right now know. there's no wind up there i think she was gonna kill herself basically because once again storm is like uh, i'll I die to save everyone you know what it's funny when i was looking at like her bio today storm has like almost committed suicide several times to save everybody like that's just her thing well at least they kept that weird mental habit of hers as part of her story here because <laughs> I mean, it's one of her like major my... flaws i guess is that storm actually has clinical depression and like won't get treated for it because every time you turn around she's like t- being really self-destructive and being like it turns out i have to sacrifice myself to save the <laughs> x-men again and everyone's like storm no one else was even going there like you I just know. immediately it's came seriously like, she's like I just need to attach myself to this nuclear bomb to keep it from going off. I must destroy this entire dam with me underneath it to stop it from flooding it's other so people. Much. I need to fly into the universe and stop breathing so I can destroy an entity that nobody can see. <laughs> I mean, it works, though, which is what's weird. So she flies yeah. up and then somehow the Shadow King like can't survive anymore, even though I don't think oxygen well, I affects think, an I think it's as character. long as he's in a host, like that host has to survive. But if the host dies with him in it i think he also dies i think that's how it works so i think he quickly left her body because 
he was going to die if she died. Right. So he leaves her body and then she falls back onto Earth, which I guess that makes sense. And Rogue catches her because they're in love. And she like <laughs> Storm gets revived, I guess, because she wasn't in the atmosphere long enough to actually die. I mean, I don't know. And then they find I, I don't Shinari really understand and... where she was. And also, shouldn't she be burning up when she's coming back down? I don't know. Well, so... Rogue maybe caught her. I don't know. You're right. I don't know. None of it makes any sense. Don't worry about it. She uses the power of the winds. Oh, I'm not worried. <laughs> to not caught, catch on fire. <laughs> so, okay, so they, they land. Mishnari and, and Mishnari knows about the mountain that opened up the astral plane. And they weren't going to let him help them. But he, like, well, but volunteers they didn't, all they this didn't even understand that he had, like, some telepathic ability to see that. Yeah. He so, reveals that, basically, and is like, I saw the Shadow King get here. He came through this huge portal over there that's, like, getting smaller and smaller, like, every second. It's getting smaller, right. like, really fast. And so, basically, Mijnari is like, I'm going to go take care of it. And they're like, no. But he, like, runs off at super speed. And they're like, no, Mijnari! Yeah. And they all chase after him. But and basically, he runs- he's the only one who could do this because he's using his super speed in order so- to, like... So trick yeah, the he shadow runs, king. He literally runs his entire body into the wall and goes into the astral plane, like his whole body. So it's not just a mind thing. He just goes into like a like a dimension in between. I don't yeah, think it's it actually the astral plane. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of like the Doctor Strange comics, like the old ones. You know, where he yeah. goes into the astral plane and stuff. I don't know if you ever read those. They're really dumb. no. I did, and I also I like I do know with the X Men. There's a lot of like there's like the astral plane sometimes crosses over at this place that's in between two dimensions. Mm-hmm. So like I think it is a place that you can wind up. So basically, Mjnari ran in, runs in there, and we are treated to some like pretty trippy animation yeah, which like again running totally across, reminded like, me of like upside down I've rainbows yeah yeah, yeah yeah and we see the shadow king chasing him and it's just abstract like somebody is completely on acid and this yeah. is what i was talking about where it's like i'm like the animation's actually fine like it's oh this part really, looks this really is a cool. lot of work so and it's also yeah. like i genuinely didn't remember what's gonna happen so i was like it's possible that this child is just gonna be stuck in the astral plane here that's like, what i thought was gonna happen that seems I like it's remember. gonna happen because he's running around and it seems like he's not yeah. gonna get out but he barely I thought he was does. just gonna stay in there with the shadow king to like trap him or something I know, me and, like too. it was gonna be a really sad ending to the episode but no, he gets to like another little portal and sticks his hand through it and storms nearby clawing at a rock. I know. And Rogue is like in. trying to punch the rock and it's like sad, but kind of cute that they like can't figure out how to get into the astral plane and like only Mishnari knows how to get in. Right. And so then they see his hand and so they like pull him out. And at the very last second, the Shadow King goes to get him, but misses and the Shadow King is like trapped back inside the astral plane. Yeah. And then that's like the big climax of the episode. And um as Rogue and Storm are like walking off into the distance, they're like, "So did any of that have to do with Professor Xavier?" And Storm is like, "Okay, I, I don't, don't know why know. she said I that." Mean... Like I was like, "Rogue, what are you talking about?" I right think now? because they're all nobody knows because what you they are don't saying. know where Xavier is, so they just were hoping that he'd show up. And Storm goes, "I do know that his thoughts were with us today." And then smash cut to Xavier popping right. Okay, out so of I thought like this, cell. like uh, this scene was going to be like really quick but we get like another five minutes of this episode here i know in which they're in this antarctica and he burst out laughing xavier popping out of too. the snow I... and he starts crawling out and that magneto <laughs> pops out of the snow and they literally crawl into each other's they arms and they're like, like they were gonna kiss there 
They were, I thought they were. I was like, are they going to kiss? What's happening? Their faces I was are so, excited. so close together, guys. We have to post a picture of that on our Twitter. The it new mage is really on Twitter, good. everybody. Um, so they, Magneto goes over and picks up Xavier, and they're like hugging each other, and they're like, what's going on? Why Why did we fall perfectly into this pile of snow instead of getting killed by that bomb before? Why did we fall perfectly into each other's arms? <laughs> yeah, and then they, they look over and they see it's this like not antarctica it's actually like 95 degrees outside yeah, they it's, see like it's just the this rainforest. Beautiful rainforest and then all of a sudden xavier is like wait i just realized i'm standing up <laughs> like, <laughs> like he did yeah good know. job xavier he was okay. fully standing up and then sort of looked down on himself and was like wait a second i suddenly this... have the use of my legs again it would be funny if it turned out he could have walked all along and he just never tried i mean that's like kind of what magneto seems like he thinks for a second because he like, <laughs> looks really annoyed and then and then he sort of like gets his bearings and then is like oh that's the savage land i'm familiar with this place it has strange properties on people or whatever he says and xavier's like well what the fuck is it though and magneto's <laughs> like well let me use my magnetic powers to find out wait those don't work either and then xavier touches his head and he's like neither do mine i thought and I that was, like, was hilarious too because i was like naturally xavier couldn't tell until he thought about it that he had his powers because he's so useless <laughs> that he took yeah, like it's like it's almost questionable minutes. does he actually have powers or does he just pretend like we don't really know i mean you know what again something magneto might secretly think to himself at times how much <laughs> is xavier pretending <laughs> so okay so magneto's like i think somebody lured us here in which we get a a smash cut of Mr. Sinister's hand, like pushing a button, and like okay, then... I definitely did miss that. I just... no, it was that's like a whole thing that happens. He's like boop. It was very quick, and it was like just his hand, and you could tell it was like his place because it was covered in all his like weird monster green mm-hmm, vines that mm-hmm. was in the last episode. Plus, that's him pressing the record button on his camera. Yeah, actually, we. You know what? I don't even know if it's him fucking with them or if it was just him like watching them on TV again. I don't. know. I mean, it, we do know from previous episodes that this is his doing because he manipulated Morph to do this right. to them. So it is. Right. It is technically Mister Sinister that sent Magneto and Xavier to the Savage Land originally. I don't know if that's going to come into play or not, but that I think, is what I think, the I think it is because I do vaguely remember Vertigo, which is one of Mr. Sinister's henchmen being in the Savage Land, so it probably is. Okay, meanwhile, related two to that. guys on pterodactyls swoop in. Like two cavemen. Yeah. Like Fred and, Fred and what the fuck is his name? Barney. Barney. <laughs> Barney Flintstone fly in on pterodactyls and grab Magneto, but somehow don't manage to grab Xavier. And then all of oh a sudden, God. Xavier is like, now that I have the use of my legs, I'm extremely fit and really fucking strong and like uses a boomerang to like fight yeah where did he get that boomerang by the way he picks it up off the ground it magically appears and he has a boomerang for no (laughs) fucking reason and then he leaps into the the water to save magneto and suddenly can swim really well i was like what the (laughs) fuck is happening like xavier is like a fucking action hero now like what This is like so he's like cuddling his boyfriend in the like water and he's like side I'll save gay you, my love <laughs> and then it's like to be continued and I'm like I know okay. well it's so good because they're like Magneto I think we're going to make it and then they fall off a waterfall and they laugh really hard because <laughs> oh, that's right. just like they're, they're like we're gonna make it and then they just die and I was like. What? Meanwhile, Sinister is like at the bottom of the waterfall, like with a phone camera being like, ha 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 ha. It's, it's oh my in. God. He's like, I'm making a movie. It's a romance between two men. You think you're going to make it, but I'm going to keep beating the shit out of both of you in my movie. Broke back savage land. <laughs> like, I don't even know. Like, it's it's definitely like this side story that has nothing to do with anything other than to 
feel that Xavier and Magneto are like very gay for each other and they would have their own like 99 cent novel in the, the bookstore. I mean, I'd read it. <laughs> I mean, I would too. I mean, <laughs> there aren't many 99 cent books that involve two men kissing. I know. Why not though? I don't know. There's fucking romance novels, man. I, I know. They're always like a super heteronormative. That's like the only... Anyway, it doesn't matter. Okay. Speaking of heteronormativity, should we talk about politics and the lack thereof in this episode? Wait, are there any? There are none. I mean, oh god, I have nothing. I mean, there, for this. there are zero. I mean, I guess you could talk about. I yes, there are definitely in Africa. There are definitely third world country villages. Yeah, so that I part mean, might I feel be true, like I but I don't think it's depicted correctly. And also, if you I'm want to talk about politics, that, like our readers can weigh in on this because I'm really curious about this for Storm's backstory, which I know we're going to talk about. I mean, all of that shit was written in like the 80s, and it's not like the 80s were like a sort of racially progressive time, you know? No, <laughs> like, but I don't. But, I, you're I know right. Chris it's Claremont not, but is this like show an was created right guy, in but... the show was definitely created. In I just mean when Storm was first written, and they basically just using like her same story. So like I don't know how they came up with these locations. I feel like a lot of the stuff, the things where she's from, is like what's a place that people in America have heard of? Cairo, right? Sure, she's from Cairo, and uh, I don't know. She lived in New York for a while, and uh, Mount Kilimanjaro. That's another she's location, magical. right? Sure, she's got magic she's from powers. Africa. Yeah. She's a magical being, and, it's and like, I, I, don't I know. do think that's like maybe not great that like they sort of came up with this sort of magical African priestess, you know, like she's, there's a lot of stereotypes with Storm, but I think writers since the eighties have tried to kind of change that. And, and that's more something that we can get into since we're about to talk about her. And I think that's like the extent of the politics, because I mean, like you could, I mean, I guess we could talk about in Brazil that just everything was locationally incorrect like i don't even believe i really think that they were just in a gay bar in disneyland they were it, this, that was not it actually was the only Brazil thing that makes that any was kind literally of sense. disneyland that was that was an <laughs> amazon bar it also explains why there's just like a random mine shaft there because it's like that ride where they go through the mines i just can't I get know. over the extent to which this episode just depicted the flintstones and was like is this what other countries look like the Flintstones. Oh it's the literally. Flintstones. It's just literally cavemen still. Basically, if you go to any other country or even a place within America like Alaska, like really if you just leave the mainland of the United States, it's just Flintstones from top to bottom. It's they, wild. Pretty much. I mean, like, it's like I, if you just leave America, period, like basically it's just if immediately... you just step over the border, it's dinosaurs. Just literally dinosaurs and stone cars. And no I mean, one yeah, has any water or food. No, yeah, pretty much. And you know, like those cartoons we saw about the Flintstones, those were, those were actually like real life stories based those, on yeah those were documentaries about politics. like just canada and like what it's like there yeah it's just it's crazy they only have stones for wheels i know and they just they just run around in their cars and they think they that's what cars shoes. are yeah anyway so x-men was completely accurate so i really don't have any complaints about like the depiction of other no. countries that's all i've got on the politics for this because like there's like, like nothing over like the literal fred flintstone outfit i keep bringing it up but it's like crazy like, i mean i think it sounds like you need to take a screen cap i and will put it on the mutant ages twitter at this point those two characters are my new favorite characters they're my new favorite couple is like the tribal guy and fred flintstone who are dating <laughs> i hope they won best costume at that gay bar i hope so too i think they did a great job 
I don't. I don't have anything else. You're right that there's cavemen everywhere. Um, it's I guess like literally Brazil, say... Africa, and the Savage Land. It just keeps going. Yeah, I know. I know. And we're about to watch some dumb Savage Land episodes, which I'm excited for. But before we get to that, I guess I'll just say I know that Storm is like one of the first black characters in comics. Apparently, Misty Knight was the first female black character. She was. And she then was. Storm and... was shortly after. And right. that's really cool. And. I guess I'll just say if, that. Okay, so it's like a cool politics fact. Let's just explain who Misty Knight even is, because she is not an X-Men character, but she is from the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. And if you've seen Luke Cage on Netflix, then you do know who she is. And Yes, and they did a wonderful job of casting the most perfect Misty Knight that I could have ever asked for. She's very cool in that show. There's a good depiction of her. I think they went into it being like, this was like the first black hero. So we need to make sure we don't fuck this up. Well, but black she, female been, hero. But yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, you're right. Okay. And so she's basically this cop who stops being a cop and a detective after a period of time because she's like, she, at first she's all like follows the law, and there, but then she finds out the other cops and like other policemen just kind of like are corrupt. I mean, like some yeah, of that is on so, Luke Cage, so people will remember that. I mean, spoilers for Misty. Knight's she hasn't gotten story to that arc, point where she like leaves and just becomes sort of like. A vigilante herself uh, misty knight is also a character who gets her arm cut off and is well known for being this sort of half bionic woman thing she's tony stark gives her like a bionic arm yeah she's trademark. really cool I, yeah yeah and I, she's one of my favorite marvel characters in general um i really love misty knight and she's very sassy and she's very smart well she was also created like way back in the day when that was like the only conception that anybody could have for a black female character like some of the early art for misty knight is like very like black exploitation like yeah 70s 80s like she's like a disco queen you know so like sure. there's that but i feel like the the rewriting of her in latter-day comics like makes her a more nuanced character makes her like gives her more to do you know i just think it's cool but anyway yeah i like i love misty knight uh, and she was also involved with the first interracial kiss that i'd ever appeared in a comic book because she and iron fist were since they were the first like couple that was like an interracial couple like that was a big deal too huh that's yeah neat. marvel marvel killed it the other thing that i was looking up was like monica rambeau because i was like when did they write her but that's not until right. like 82 but she's one of my yeah, favorite she didn't come marvel until characters later. too but i was like well I, I was just trying to think of like other characters because i was kind of surprised that misty knight was the first black female character in a marvel comic but i'm okay with that i mean i would have loved it if storm was the first but misty knight is really fucking great she so is really great. i'm not gonna complain well so. anyway there's some pretty great black female characters in like 80s Marvel comics. And I've talked about Monica Rambeau like a bajillion times. But yeah, if she, anybody like, ever Maddie wa- is, else Maddie wants to Mons ever go to... read those comics, I think they're it's, really Monica cool. Rambeau is a character that people had forgotten about. And I think she recently came back into the Avengers. But Maddie was like messaging me when she was finally reading the old Avengers comics. And she was like, Monica I'm Rambeau, like I want to marry her. Character. I love her. And I wish that they yeah. would make a movie about her, but we live in a world where that won't happen. Or will it? Who like knows? Captain Marvel, like Miss Marvel, she's going to be in her own movie. And like they, she's going to be in the new Avengers movie. And they did not put her in the trailer or any of the marketing. I mean, so I don't know I what don't the fuck even, that's about. I don't even so. fucking know what is going on with like Marvel. yeah don't get me started Whatever. on the avengers trailer Everyone, everyone's like are you excited i'm like yeah i guess but i mean like it still has all the same problems it previously had so yeah. it's been 10 years and there's no improvement so all right don't well, get me th- ranting this on has that been our politics section where we talk about other characters we like because <laughs> there was none in this episode so i'm gonna start crying and ranting about, about the avengers the this is a, this is an x-men show that we like so let's talk about storm shall we we should so who X-Men, lady. X-Woman. X-Awesome Woman. 
All right, so Maddie already gave it away. It's Storm. Yay! I was I, so uh, glad. I, I bounced back and forth. I was like, am I going to do the Shadow King or Storm? And I was like, I I know Storm gets like two more sort of origin stories like in the other series, but I don't know if it's quite to this degree. And also, since I know the Shadow King comes back in the other cartoons and then literally in Legion, I think we'll have enough time to cover Shadow King. Yeah. So we're going to do Storm because we've only covered a couple of the main X-Men so far. We've covered... Wolverine, and I guess if you count Morph, that's it so far. I oh, mean, Magneto. Morph is kind of a main character on this show, but like not really. Anyway, no, Storm I mean, is, like he's Storm not even in the comic books in as the comics this... for sure. She's a big deal. Yeah. So let's get into it. Uh, her real name is Aurora Monroe. She's a member of the X Men, obviously, but she's also a member of both the Avengers and the Fantastic Four. So this is interesting to me because, like, I wasn't really thinking about this until I was doing my character notes, but like. We've hit that point, like, in the Avengers films already where they've had all these, like, rights issues between, like, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver, and they Mm -hmm. did that by literally eliminating Quicksilver, right? And so now we have Scarlet Witch. But what about Storm, who actually isn't, like, just, like, an Avenger, but, like, she has a whole relationship with Black Panther. No, I know, but... It's a very important one. That, spoilers, they break up later, so I think they're just gonna not do that yeah i don't know i would be great if they did because it was that's also important i'll get to that um so storm is a natural born leader and she's very powerful she was the first major female african-american character in comics even though she wasn't the first one this was the first character that was like a main character because misty was not a main character until later have superpowers i mean i think it's like a big deal to have like a black female character who's like also really fucking powerful superpowers wise you know pretty much and she was often compared to wonder woman because they wanted her to be sort of on the same level of badass as amazonian mm-hmm. and like feminism plus that you stuff. know marvel versus dc etc i mean yeah that little <laughs> comic they fight each other there and i think i don't remember who wins i think storm does or at least i want her to i mean i love wonder woman too so wonder that's Woman's really tough awesome, for me but storm is so powerful it's crazy like it really is so in the 80s, she definitely sported a very famous look for her where she had punk clothes and a mo- yeah, mohawk for Yeah, and apparently they did that as a joke, which I was really surprised to find out. Yeah, they wanted they ju- they were coming up with new concept designs, and they designed one for her where they were just like, here's her as Mr. T. Yeah, like inspired But then they by really Mr. liked T's that look, the and they were like, okay. So and they, they actually did it, and they like also did all the punk rock look for her as a joke as well. And like, I just think that's so strange because now the, all of that stuff is coming back. Like, all the '80s fashion is coming back. So now Storm having a mohawk, yeah, like they've done comics. She's, in I the think Storm has had her mohawk for a while mm-hmm. again in the comic because books. Because it's popular it's not very again consistent. now, so they're doing it again. But it's, just it's gone funny. to the point where like their hair is not very consistent in the in the comics because like she had a mohawk, then her hair was long, and there was like a mohawk again. I was like, it does not grow that fast but whatever um <laughs> listen so, ryan weaves exist okay <laughs> it doesn't that's have to true be, it doesn't have okay to be real. so anyway they also based her costume sort of off of a version of black cat and they just combined it all together and created stores new outfit for that but that was an interesting point her powers are obviously that she can control the weather which you know i don't i think that's pretty self-explanatory there's some other things where she can sort of change to the ecology uh, and she has empathy with the ecology and um, she can change atmosphere and temperature pressures, which obviously that's part of the weather thing. But I'm not sure if everybody realizes that. Yeah. I mean, this is why she's so incredibly powerful, because like at that point, you can basically like change matter. Like, what? yeah, pretty much. I mean, I feel anything. like all these X-Men can to some degree I at know. this point. Yeah, uh, she can fly via the wind and she's a strong, skilled hand to hand combatant, which, you know, mm-hmm, she's just badass. True. It's Storm. We talked so about she that doesn't even need powers Callisto to 
show be episode cool. a little bit too. Like we've already talked about some of her backstory with the Morlocks. Right. Um, she first appeared in 1975 as a giant X-Men and she was originally c- created as a male character named Typhoon, but the creative team did not want to have the X-Men all to be males. So they turned Typhoon into a girl and that's when they were like, oh, okay, well, you know, like give her black cat's costume. And they also were a little concerned about making her hair white because they're like, oh, well, she look old. But the artist was like, no, I will make her young. Don't worry about it. And it really did work out because she's so iconic to this point of, of the Marvel Universe. Yeah, yeah. She then became a main character in the actual X-Men series and God Loves, Man Kills and the Dark Phoenix saga where she kind of became a supporting character to a main character. She was born to the tribal princess of Kenya and an American photojournalist. Her mother's name was Nader, and she was descended from a long line of African witch priestesses with the white hair, which I was talking about. And they had a quote-unquote natural gift for sorcery. Yeah, this is part of like one of those weird Marvel Comics things where like sometimes people have powers that seem like they're kind of magical. And like sometimes there's also science fiction, you know? Yeah, so it just turns out they were all mutants. Yeah, but it's but I feel like there's a lot of like magical like I mean this is in Black Panther too, and they've kind of retconned it in like the new Black Panther comics where it's like almost entirely sci-fi now, but there's still like some magical stuff. Like sometimes there's like Egyptian gods and shit in the Black Panther comics, and like there's totally comics where Storm will be like fighting with those gods on her side and stuff you know like right. like magic is real but then also yeah pretty much i mean like real. marvel just goes back it's just and forth kind of on how it. marvel comics is and you just kind and of have to travel. go with it Why and not? be like okay so storm kind of has like magic powers but also mutant powers and so does everyone and don't worry about it don't worry um her parents were killed though once when she moved to cairo egypt because she was born in harlem but then yeah, they and then they to were going to move back, and then there's like this plane crash. Yeah, they, and they get they just get caught up in one of the, within a uh, Israeli conflict, and like there it's a war, and their house blows up, and her parents are killed, and Storm gets trapped underneath the rubble, and develops extreme PTSD from it and claustrophobia, which never really has gotten resolved, and clearly and she, she has hasn't that seen on anyone this about show it too. Yeah, and they've had that in all the shows. Is that like it's important, except for fucking the movies yeah i was about to like, say whatever. it's on the live action movies and so once whatever. when she was a kid living on her own she became a pickpocket because she was trained by like a master thief until she like ran into professor x mm-hmm. and she tried to pickpocket him and xavier was like oh come here but then like the shadow king attacked xavier there and storm got away and yeah. then later on the shadow king and xavier both sort of take interest in her well because xavier can like tell that she has potential even though she's like this young little child but he uses his powers to figure it out yeah pretty whatever. much and during the time that she's, like, on the streets of Cairo, like, the people that know her worship her like a goddess. So she's very confused. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then this got added in later into her origin, but now it's considered part of her canon, is that when she was 12 years yeah. old, she she <laughs> saved a young Black Panther from racist thugs. But and then, then there's they another fucked. story that goes the other way that a different writer wrote that T'Challa saves her. Did you right. read about this? That's the part of it that's like retconned because no one can oh like God. fully decide who saved who. But I think it's way cooler if Storm saves T'Challa. I think it's cooler if that she saves him and yeah. then fucks him because like that that's, is canon and she loses her virginity at age 12 to T'Challa. Like that's the thing that happens. They're both like little kids though, I guess. It's kind of weird. So Storm and Black Panther originally met each other in a 1972 comic where they both appear to be adults and Storm rescues Black Panther. And then in 2006, 
there's a new miniseries where they're both children. I don't know how old they are, but they're definitely under 18. And Storm is the damsel in distress. And it's a super weird, gross set of pages where she's sexualized, but she doesn't look older than like 15. And Black Panther saves her. And then I guess they have sort of a romantic moment. I don't know. And then after that... X-Men comics after that point just ignored that. So who even knows if that's canon or not? It was just like a weird idea that somebody had in 2006 and everybody's just kind of pretend that it didn't happen. Comic books. So then Xavier recruits Storm for the X-Men. And at some point when Cyclops takes a leave of absence, Storm takes over as the leadership role for the first time. Um, She develops a maternal bond with Kitty Pride, which I mentioned in the Kitty Pride episode. Oh, there's another one we did that's a main character, Kitty. Oh, yeah, you're right. I forgot about that because we did that when she we was, did she was number one. Pride of the X-Men. That's back in the pilot. Yeah. During their fight with the brood, though, Storm is infected with the brood egg and she contemplates suicide. Mm. as storm seems to do a lot Poor but storm. she's saved by an alien whale so it's all yeah, good no i know about that too. <laughs> the conti aliens like marvel is uh, kind then, of dumb guys <laughs> yeah but because of like this is also when she goes through her punk phase and she gets really depressed and sort of loses her powers for a little while and she mm-hmm. her she and kitty grow apart because she just is too depressed uh when archangels kidnapping the morlocks we talked about this storm it takes everyone down into the morlock tunnels to save him She's infected by the Morlock plague, mm-hmm. but still fights Callisto and in a challenge wins. to yeah. She challenges Callisto to a duel for the leadership of the Morlocks. Wins by stabbing Callisto with a knife, and then a Morlock healer uh, heals Storm and saves Callisto. So they're they're fine. Uh, but then Storm, as the show did, she offers them refuge in the X Mansion. They say no. And during the punk phase, she, Storm and Yukio, which is one of Wolverine's characters, and potential ladies he's fucking become friends and influences storm in her punk phase and then there's like this whole period of time where storm loses her powers because forge builds this like yeah and storm mutant and power neutralizing like gun dating for yeah. a while they have this whole on again off again romance but it's it's all fucked up because she loses her powers because he makes this gun that makes right powers go away but so then he can use they it on fall rogue. in love and then she finds out that he was part of the machine that made her lose her powers and she's like yeah but it wasn't even like intentional know, he was trying to shoot rogue up. and accidentally hit storm instead because it was really bad aim i don't even know so storm and him <laughs> broke up and then at one point cyclops and storm fought for the leadership of the x-men with the danger room battle mm-hmm. and storm won but it's like later revealed that scott summer's super evil clone wife yeah Madeline was Pryor, like influenced secretly it. helping him to lose so that he would like yeah. be there for her to help him raise their kid or something fucking madeline Pryor. i don't know but that doesn't even make sense because storm could beat cyclops anyway so what i the know hell? It did, she didn't need help Oh my god! Anyway, Storm Storm also gets trapped in another dimension for a while with Forge, and they manage to like get her powers back mm-hmm. there. Um, during the period of time when all the X Men pretended to die, and they were living in the outback of Australia, uh, Storm was kidnapped by one of the Reavers, which were the cyborgs that were running around and were kind of terrifying. And this one was called the Nanny, and brainwashes her. And when she comes back, she doesn't remember who she is, and kind of res- goes back to being a kid and goes back to stealing shit. Yeah. Um, and during that time, she meets Gambit, and Gambit and her go to the X Mansion for refuge. So yeah. So uh, this is important because like a lot of people don't realize that Gambit and Storm have like this whole secret history together. Yeah, and, they're like, like they friends for very... a second. It's cool. They're still friends because like it, it's like Storm, Wolverine, Gambit, Jubilee, all of them kind of fall into the like category of like 
you know, they the, had the to like are great, be but we're also criminals. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I get it. Yeah. I mean, I get why those characters would get along. That's that's why I really like that episode when they go into the Morlock tunnels and it's like the four of them. And I was like, oh, I love this team up because they're all like the people that aren't great, like mm-hmm. you know, but they are doing the right thing here. It also makes Slave Island a little sadder and like more. It really does. It does. So then Storm becomes the leader of X-Men Gold in the 90s, while Cyclops is the leader of the blue team. Yep. Um, and during this time, she reconciles her her relationship with Forge, and they try it again. And he proposes to her, but she hesitates. So Forge is like, yeah, no thanks, because you hesitated before <laughs> yeah, she could he, even like, accept. Yeah, freaks out that she doesn't say yes right away, and is like, never mind! And it's like uh, Yeah, pretty much. Basically, Forge and Storm have like a sitcom relationship, apparently. Uh, pretty much. Uh, and then during they get to go against the Morlocks again, and during that time, Storm has to rip out one of Marrow's two hearts because there's a bomb attached mm-hmm. to it. That's, like, a whole thing. In her first solo series, she is sucked into an alternate dimension where she's pitted against Colossus's and Magic's, Magic's evil brother, Mikiel Rasputin, because why not? Yeah, um, Rasputin is a character in Marvel, and also a real person from history, but, you know. No, 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 not, that, not Ra- that Rasputin, like, Colossus Rasputin. Oh. It's his brother. God, okay, yeah, sure fucking marvel um, i know and then in the early 2000s and i've talked about this series a lot is the extreme x-men run where storm is team leader for that and yes. i think it is about 43 issues on it's very good go and find it it's from like the like 2000 to 2003 i don't know but it's really fucking great it's storm and rogue and gambit i think wolverine's there sometimes sage is there and everyone i love fucking sage bishops they're in and out it's just a really cool team up um and i definitely recommend that and um during that time she kind of flirts with this new character slipstream but he's kidnapped by the world warlord khan and that pretty much is that uh, <laughs> the end she also became part became part of the extreme sanctions which was a police task force for policing mutants worldwide which seems a little weird to me honestly it does i don't feel like that's in character for storm it doesn't um, yeah it doesn't really seem I don't know. I also feel like the next thing that you're going to get to with all the Black Panther stuff was kind of like, not out of character, but sort of weird. But we're about to get to it. It was definitely weird. But I also feel like Marvel was pretty weird for about a decade yeah, and is this only is like recently the trying to get back on they track were like just trying some weird shit and it was they were trying some the weird tra- shit because they were Black also Panther. trying to deal with like having the mcu exist for the first time and mm-hmm. they're still battling that struggle yeah it's totally really, it's it's really making the comics not great but it's at the same time it's making some other comics in the marvel universe is really great so that's a separate story um, i also want to mention that there is a there's a comic book run in here during the extreme X-Men time uh, that I recommend where she has to battle Callisto again, but it's through like cage fighting and it's like storm becomes a cage fighter for a little while. And it's really fucking great. It's because she's like so happy to cage fight and she's so badass, and I love it. And there's like all this stuff about how she feels free. And I think during that time, she like loses her ability to walk for a little while. And like they had, she has to rehabilitate her legs and she just every day she like, like i'm not gonna fucking give up i'm gonna fight again it's it's very good i loved this incarnation of storm it was in an extreme x-men at like 100%. yeah that does sound pretty good i haven't read those but I yeah I, I would go back and read them they're i'm sure they're on um they're on marvel unlimited which is just where i read yeah, all things <laughs> it's really good um that's also where psylocke dies for, for the first oh, time it yeah. comes back i know uh so 
then uh, during and after the, the aftermath of House of M, Storm retains her powers, mm-hmm. so she is She's not affected by that. Because of course they're not gonna. Well, they're basically, not gonna wreck like House Storm. of M was just them trying to like cut out all of the the extra shit. I mean, oh my god! But it doesn't matter because then they came up with like five thousand more, and it was like, what was the point of this bullshit? Just um, to kind of do a little hard reboot, but whatever. Yeah, I really, I mean, it was it was strange. I do love the House of M storyline. I thought it was really fucked up that everybody, all the characters got everything they ever wanted, and then they, like, wake up, essentially, and it's, like, awful. Yeah, I think it's a really cool storyline. I mean, I it's I super too. famous, and I'm sure our listeners who read comics know about it. Yep, and then right after that, that's about where Black Panther and her get married, yeah, and she becomes the queen of, like of Wakanda. Yeah, this was kind of a thing that they did, where they were like, so we have these two really famous iconic black characters and we're just gonna have them get married even though they don't know each other and that was when they wrote in the retcon that they knew each other when they were 12 like that wasn't right because that was the way that worked and like i understand why they did it because they were like these two characters are so famous and so well respected and we want them to be like king and queen together it's basically exactly the same as like wonder woman and superman dating which is still really fucking weird just for the record i I know this isn't a dc show but whenever wonder woman dates a man which is very very brief in the comics but whenever she dates a man i'm like what are you doing diana what are you doing we know you, you i kind of feel that you way about storm too though is the me thing. too i like i the only time i appreciate storm fucking another dude is when it's wolverine because i think they, i kind of think that works but yeah. i don't really and that's I feel also like canon I don't by the really way see the chemistry with t'challa if there are people out there who know i don't, I don't storm find and t'challa, it that's fine i i don't really get it i feel like it's kind of a boring pairing because it's like two really like great leaders who are like both natural leaders and it's like there's no there's no like friction there and that's there really isn't and like you don't really get their chemistry where it's like wolverine and storm have been on and off forever and pretty much in the future they more or less confirm i just think it's uh, a more interesting story if there's tension and so anyway they did this whole big event with them having secretly known each other the entire time and now they're gonna get married it was much i think i think part of it was they also wanted storm to be a queen of a country which is kind of cool but like you know i get it i just there was I, I understand why they did it. I'm not complaining. I just wish there was like any was, kind of chemistry at all. I mean, I think there were people who liked it, and I think there were also people who didn't like it. So I don't think we'll be like saying anything. This un- is not like here. Batman and Catwoman, where you're like, oh my god, these two are fucking, and it's amazing. Yeah, like, like everybody you know, like, ships them. This wasn't quite like that. Or like Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy. There's just sure. like a lot of much better <laughs> examples than these two and as i said wolverine and storm wind up together in a lot of different situations and they've gone been on and off dating and in future timelines they are definitely a couple for sure Mm -hmm. and obviously this thing with t'challa doesn't end up working out which for comic reasons i'm not even sure why because i haven't read these but like just randomly t'challa well first storm is like well no okay so let me get into that because that's that's an that is an expert here so basically like black panther like also basically makes her make a choice at one point where he's like you have to either be the queen of wakanda or you have to be an x-men and storm refuses to pick one she's like no i can be both like i am an x-men and i am also your queen and then the shadow king attacks them again and they battle him together and then after that black panther sort of becomes like the guardian of hell's kitchen for some reason as opposed to like any of the other characters yeah, like that they actually just go live hang there. out in america for a while and i then... know and so when during that time he was like i need to be like isolated from you for a little while and storm's like well fine i respect that but i guess i'll run your country while you're gone whatever then she, like all that stuff happens between avengers versus x-men mm-hmm. and she is on the x-men side for most of that but then she flips back to the avengers side because once when 
Like, basically, Wakanda gets completely destroyed by Namor when he's possessed by the Phoenix Force, and Storm's like, okay, the, the X-Men are, like, completely out of control now. And also during that time, that's when is like, yeah, also, I annulled our marriage and I didn't tell you, yeah. by the way. Like, what and it was the like, fuck? <laughs> but I think the reason is that, I mean, we can, we can presume it's because she did go with the X-Men and that, that when it came down to it, she joined the X-Men first. And even though she went back to the Avengers and did both of them, Black Panther saw that Ezra, like, maybe betrayal to him a little bit especially since wakanda like was burned down you know yeah by if x-men so member. i don't know if this is in the comments so i haven't read them all so maybe people can write it and say so but i think it's kind of interesting if it's like this was more of just a marriage of convenience for them because like they thought that they would work out really well together but like it turned out after they got married that like it was more about how they just wanted to lead together yeah pretty much and it wasn't really like they actually had chemistry that would be kind of interesting no, it's just they, they just wanted to do something really cool and i i definitely the, like as i said it was there was this weird period of time that happened between house of m and avengers versus x-men and that was like a good solid almost like eight years yeah where they just were doing some very weird shit in the marvel universe and i was i tried very hard to keep up with it but i felt like everything during that time was sort of like written out of character and things didn't make any sense and they've only recently started to get everything back on track and they've also added like an amazing set of new characters that i really love yeah, like Ms. i mean marvel, there are for some example. there are definitely some marvel comics that are fucking trash like captain america which we don't talk about on the show because why would we but i mean the new black panther stuff is really cool like they basically completely yeah. rebooted all of that and like hired ton easy coats and brian selfries and everybody to be um, like, I, I would still argue them. that the x-men is still a little lost because now the xavier's mansion is in the middle of like what is it central park or something stupid yeah, and i'm like i don't know but x23 is really how would cool. they even do that like well, how would they even have the jurisdiction to build a school in the middle of like I mean, the I most famous park know, in the but entire I do country like that x23 is wolverine now that's really cool i agree with that um i'm not i don't know i just i no, feel like I we can there's, get back there's on some track weird here. shit but whatever and, and the reason why i'm saying this is that because after that storm kind of has been all over the place where they had her on the all-female team of the x-men which was a great run by the way if you want something that does kind of go back to the basis of the x-men the one where it's just yeah, storm like jubilee rogue kitty rachel and psylocke mm-hmm. perfect it's pretty i don't great. need another it's like series all the other it's like all the characters you want yeah uh and then she kind of rejoins the x-men officially at that point um and like it was part of like that the team that was living in limbo because they put the school in limbo they just have done some weird shit and all of it is because of the fucking mcu existing and like fox's rights and oh my god it's so bad it's just it's been hurting the x-men and i like again i like don't even know how they're gonna make a great character like storm and put her in a like very awkward place because she was sort of majorly involved with both the x-men and the avengers even before she married black panther so like it's also tricky because like obviously like halle berry i mean we haven't talked about it yet but like halle berry obviously played storm in the live action movies and like yeah the writing that they gave her to do is such shit and she just ends up being such a nothing character that i feel like people's perception of the live action hero storm is like bad because of that and then yeah they recast, it's nothing like what's her. her name alexander trip a storm ship ship Al- alexander, alexander ship. ship as storm and like she doesn't really get a ton to do she seemed good 
but in the movie. Um, I, look, I hope they give her more to do in Dark Phoenix. I guess because we'll see, but she I feel was like really the X-Men movies are such a mess now that I don't even know what to feel anymore. Yeah, and I agree. Also, I don't, everyone I'm is I'm the at wrong the point, age I, I keep saying this where I'm just like, Please just sell the rights and reboot it all. I don't care for any of this anymore. Like it's, I mean, I'll go and see the movies, but like we're, they, uh, we, are, I mean, they're we'll mediocre. See them. We'll see. Like them I've never seen an X Men film people, that has resonated like... with me. Okay, so I would. That's not true. I think X Men and X Men Two are X Men enough to buy it. But I really enjoy after that, those really... movies, and I get that yeah. like concessions have to be made for film and like people understanding who these characters are. But I just feel like the new X Men movies, everything is so messy, and like they've tried their best to keep Hugh Jackman, I think, which creates yeah, I, all I these agree. weird problems. I think problems. the best they've done is maybe. I think Days of Future Past may be the closest to the vibe of the X-Men, but honestly, I, I've said this several times, is that Legion is the most X-Men-y show of all of them, and it has taken a lot of creative liberties and has gone way far, far well, away from the canon. because basically it's taking place in an alternate universe as far as the movies right. are concerned. but it doesn't matter that it's an alternate universe. It's it that just, it, it just does not, it's, it's not afraid to, to be yeah. weird. Yeah. It's being weird, and it's it's good that way, whereas post the, the Gifted, it's just more of the movie bullshit, and it's just like everything needs to be more like Legion, and Legion was far more successful than no, like I know. all of that i mean so, i guess i guess I we'll know. see how it all turns out and i mean maybe we can sort of do an episode yeah on this i show definitely i definitely feel the like the new we x-men are... movie comes out i mean i know that would be like kind of out of order for us but i feel like well you know i think what's going to happen is that like i know they have all these contracts in place but i think what's going to happen is that they have the new mutants movie that's coming out they have dark phoenix and deadpool but they don't have anything that's been officially announced beyond that because i really do think well there's the gambit movie that keeps being in limbo that's not gonna happen let's let's be real but like (laughs) i think it's i think it's they're gonna release these movies and then pull what the sony did with spider-man where they were releasing the spider-man movies and then suddenly they just stopped and mcu had spider-man they just like retconned all of it and started over again i'd be Um, fine with that because like i i'm fine with that too and i'm i think it's the right time for them to make that move because wolverine is not going to be played by hugh jackman anymore mm -hmm. so like now is the time they basically like put that to bed with logan and i mean i'd be i'd be sad about like losing x23 but also like whatever she'll be in something yeah, pretty else much someday, and like you know that's 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 how i feel about it too and like i know that it's been back and forth for a long time about these rights things but the big thing that happened recently and at some point somebody's gonna listen to this podcast in years from now and be like wow this all happened like this but basically like Marvel <laughs> yeah, people tried, are gonna be like are, wow these idiots were totally wrong it turned I know, out I, that- I, know, I know oh god i hope that's not the case but like recently marvel and disney did this whole thing where they tried buying out Fox and Fox had none of it, but they also tried doing that with Sony and Sony rejected it because that was like, like Marvel and Disney's big move to sort of scare Sony into getting them as Spider-Man to negotiate that. And so I think that's going to be the next step because I mean, they'll release these movies in the next year. And then they have specifically said like the next phase of the Marvel movies, is going to be different from all the other movies that have come out. So we can only sort of guess that they might be renegotiating some things. I mean, I can only hope I would. I, love really, to I see, really hope so because I would love to see. Some I mean, more not that situations. the MCU is perfect. I will. No, 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 I'm not no, going to defend that, but I, I will say that like, it is good enough that they would at least have the characters be in character. Like, you know what I mean? And they I will probably be quintessentially the X-Men. Help if the X-Men could just be part of the Marvel universe, like whether that's on Netflix or whatever, like they just all need to be part of the same fucking thing because it's so no, confusing and it's confusing for audiences too, because they, and yeah. And that's been an ongoing problem. And so 
I, I know that I, we've definitely gone on a side tangent about no, this, but it is very much related to Storm because she is somebody She is like a great Wolverine. example of like a crossover type of a character. Yeah, I mean, like, I think the most official Avengers... Okay, so first of all, in the comics right now, there have been for a while the Uncanny Avengers in which it's like some of both. And so I think Havoc and Rogue have joined the teams. But more long-term is that Wolverine, Beast, and Storm have sort of been both teams for a very long time. I don't consider Wolverine like a main character of the Avengers, but like I do feel like Storm and Wolverine have a certain influence there because Wolverine has like his connections with Nick Fury and Captain America. Mm-hmm. Storm has his connections with Black Panther. Yeah. So I mean, and know, I mean it's now just... that they're obviously making the Black Panther movie, that kind of. I mean, people have already brought up the fact that Storm won't be in it many times. Like, we're far from right. the first people to point this out. So It's just interesting when you look at that and you're kind of like, hmm, what's going to happen here? Because, I mean, like, we can only hope. Oh, we can hope. I don't know how we got on this, I know how we got on this tangent, but let's just <laughs> hope that what's going to happen is that we get X-Men... And the MCU because like this shit either is bad. That, and we were coming to we were talking about like Halle Berry and Alexander Ship. That's what we're talking about. I just hope even if it's not that specifically that some sort of deal gets struck where like the writers who work on these movies get to just cross them over in some way and like somehow there's got to be some way to spread the money around so that that's possible because it's so dumb not to allow that. Like just right, just let I, people I totally have agree. what they want. People already want to pay money for this. Like just let them. I, do I mean, it. it's a little. I mean, that's why because Fox wants to go go to directly but in their pockets. Be but there's got to be some kinda, way. Like, God, but anyone. it's kind of stupid at the same time the because if the X Men were announced in the MCU, more people would buy those because I think that a lot of people do go see X Men, but I think even more would be willing to go and see an X Men that's officially part of the mcu so i think fox would end up doubling their money but they're being dumb about it so i agree but we'll never know. whatever <laughs> we don't we don't work for any of these companies and for some reason we they do not hired us and... they really should hire us and they should hire us just to write the scripts and they, they should, should hire also me to play hire... mr sinister yeah, yeah, yeah. i was about to say that they should hire okay good i'm mr. glad that we're all on the same page about that everyone start a petition that ryan pagella needs to play mr sinister all right it's are, very we, are we done talking about storm's entire history i think we are. um i want to say that storm is a character who has appeared in pretty much every x-men video game she's like wolverine where they can't release an x-men game and she also appears in a lot of the avengers games until recently because again they're doing all this rights bullshit yep. so there's that yep the x-men aren't in anything anymore because fox is trying to devalue the property because i don't i don't understand corporations and they're terrible and i hate them I don't. I, I. I. I can definitely say that. Yeah, that's happening. But I think the X Men community and the Marvel community and comic book community has been very vocal about this and is getting more vocal. I know. As this shit and continues, I'm curious about how it's all going to shake out. It's, yeah, I'm curious because you know it really all started to like come around with Marvel versus Capcom when they're like no X Men and then people are getting pissed and it's just gone like downhill from there. So. I know. I know. And I feel like eventually I am one of those it's going to start affecting their bottom line too. Like I think we are yeah. going to be some of the only people going to see that Phoenix movie. Like I don't think anybody, but cares you know like oh god i know we'll see i know i i mean at this point like we shouldn't even get like pay the money to go see that movie we should like find somebody that will like let us in for free i know Um, but who do we know who's gonna do that I mean, I don't know. Write All our friends in. used to work at movie theaters. Write in at themutantages at gmail.com if you want to get us into a press screener of the X-Men Yeah, actually, movie. Let's, you know, if you want, we could do a reader mail real quick because we don't... Okay, so basically, I have Who a reader mail in here, but it's... cares of this show? It doesn't no. matter. <laughs> yeah, well... 
you know, since you were talking about you can write it in, we do have a reader mail from Daphne, and she didn't write it in. She put it in the comments. So if you guys leave lengthy comments on our SoundCloud or our iTunes, we will read them here as well. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Because why not? I realize, yeah. <laughs> um, so basically, she just said, I hope the bombardment of messages is okay. Most of the episodes actually got me through a long drive to visit my mom yesterday, which is really cool. I was giggling away to myself. The Mr. Sinister providing video footage to all the antagonists is hilarious. (laughs) I just love how you guys always go on about Wolverine. Am I the only one who thinks Nightcrawler is hot? Question mark. You are just not. Imagine how his, <laughs> just imagine how his tail could be worked into fun activities. Looking forward to the next one, guys. Love the sound effect you used for the added sound clip here. It sounded like something from the series reboot. I don't know what she's talking about. It oh, might be something you did. She's talking about like how, you know how whenever I edit in myself from the future, like correcting us. Oh, yeah. Okay. I got put it. in that little sound effect that's like or whatever. Anyway, the, I, I have a lot of fun writing the songs for the show and coming up with like dumb sounds to put. And I, I'm always flattered when people say they like it. But also, oh, yeah, good. Ryan is a fan of Nightcrawler slash Wolverine. I am. <laughs> I think Wolverine and Nightcrawler are like canonically baning. There's like all these times where they're naked together and Wolverine's going to save him. Mm-hmm. And like there, there was like this one that was not too long ago where Nightcrawler came back to life and Wolverine's like out in the snow, like crying, be like, I know he's out here somewhere. And before Wolverine dies, nightcrawler gets him and then like they go and get drunk and nightcrawler's like i love you and wolverine's like man you are drunk so i don't know if the tale is involved in any of those fan fictions but i can only imagine it is i mean i mean i would assume it is i mean according to all the fan art out there it is so (laughs) all right i guess i guess that's a good transition into which x-men is gay if anything yeah actually that all worked out So this episode was a pretty homosexual heavy episode yeah, again. I I really like the Storm slash Rogue pairing for this app. I think that is probably the top winner for me because I'm not on board with like Storm being like two moms because I think that because I don't know the whole who that character is thing, and they don't really show Shawnee as being like part of Storm's life. So I was kind of like, I don't know. Is this yeah, like an like, ex-girlfriend situation? This? Whatever. Fine. I don't know. But anyway, Rogue and storm are very cute in this episode and like even though storm keeps trying to push rogue away rogue still saves her like 60 times and it's it's really great and like the things that they're fighting about rogues like desperately trying to save storm throughout all of this fighting like the mist coming out of like storm's mouth flying up into the universe with her and like storm keeps on trying to there's like three separate times in this episode where storm's like i'm just going to kill myself to save everyone and rogue's like don't throw your life away i love you baby I love you. I love Storm. I was into all of it and I rooted for them. And I thought it was cute also that Rogue kept being like three steps behind Storm. Like Storm would be like, like at all this times. is my son. And Rogue's like, wait, what? What? What's the shadow? Ca- wait, what's happening right now? And it was like <laughs> really funny to me. But she was still like along for the ride with all of it and was like, I'm willing to fight for you, baby. Whatever the fuck is going on right now. <laughs> I know. And I know that the showrunners have been like, oh, we just wanted to make women be I best mean, friends I'm and sure, not catty towards whatever. each other, which we is fine. Everybody. <laughs> but i really i i mean again i don't feel like like rogue has chemistry with gambit and storm has chemistry with like wolverine and that's like 
that's all that either of them really get <laughs> you know i mean it's not true rogue has her whole thing with magneto but you know like i do feel like they are a very good pairing for each other if marvel ever decided to go i down think it that would route. be really cool if they ended up together i feel like it would also be really strange because p- other people besides us would be like why would this happen but like in watching the show again i totally ship them now and i feel like it i mean totally i totally works. ship them too but also anyway, i ship wolverine and more i, was who I didn't say, really wolverine ship until Morph i was gotta, watching this show again be for number this show two in this episode because wolverine and morph are clearly are fucking really really gay they like that clearly... whole scene where he like morph turns into Jean gray and he's like do you are you in love are you in love with me are you in love with me like this and then like <laughs> and he's also like during the part where he turns into a million different other people he's like i'm gonna play mind games with you wolverine and it's like what the fuck are you saying right now like what are you what i don't, I don't know i definitely felt like they're dating especially with wolverine be like i'll be here waiting for you also the x-men <laughs> i'll be in this tunnel alone waiting for you to come back jerking it a little bit i'll be ready waiting for you my dick's out morph look it's out <laughs> I'm come at, back morph i'm at half mast my I'm pants ready. fell down what's happening morph come here and morph is like i gotta go bye <laughs> i have to figure this out by myself and then obviously magneto and xavier are third mostly not because they're not I, gay enough but just because they annoy me and i don't like putting them first but they're i mean really also gay. they almost made out in this episode like almost canonically i know i know like they were probably like the most openly gay i just don't want to give probably. them first place but also they weren't in the episode much no they really but... weren't they were just at the end and don't forget about like shadow kingdom Ajinari. that was a pretty intense yeah. gay coupling i guess so the shadow king is like scary if you think about it that way if you think about him as like i don't predatory. i mean I, w- I don't think i would want any kind of relationship like... with the shadow king because it'd be like oh, oh no him haunting you, you in your nightmares Ryan, and like you it would be you like you wouldn't like a relationship with like a terrifying shadow man i Why mean i'll not? take freddy i'll take freddy krueger before i'll take the shadow honestly king. like this isn't like a gay thing but i did also kind of get that vibe from like the scary scene where storm is like a child like we kind of joked about it but i feel like that scene was really weird i'm just gonna put that out there like wait which the one where she's resuscitating him no 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 where storm's like a kid and she steals the wallet and then the shadow king is there yeah i don't know i'm just like why is the shadow king so obsessed with kids i don't like it i don't like Uh, it yeah it is it is a little weird but it's supposed to be Uh, scary for kids it's a scary kids show so i guess that's what it is i still i also say go watch legion shadow king is terrifying in that it's so good yeah and legion obviously is not a show for kids and it's more edited like a horror movie so the shadow king gets to like actually be scary you know? Yeah, pretty much. It's pretty I don't cool. think there's anybody else in this episode. Like, that was it. Yeah, right? I mean, we just listed all the characters who, as usual, were all gay. Meanwhile, I guess Gambit's just at home doing nothing? I don't know where the With fuck Cyclops he is. And Beast With and Cyclops Jean. and They're Beast and Jean, who are also... With that entire episode, Jean's just sitting there at Cerebro. They've already gone to Africa. She's like, I wonder what's going on. And they're like, everybody else is watching TV with the Blackbird on it. They're like, oh, they're in Africa now. She's like, if only there was a way to tell... <laughs> I mean, it's actually kind of stupid that the rest of the X-Men don't also go to Africa, but I did like that we ended up with like a rogue storm pairing instead. Yeah. I mean, maybe we'll find out where Gambit is later. Maybe he's chilling out with Jubilee. No one can only hope. Yeah, true. Maybe they're just watching TV and like comparing bubblegum varieties. I mean, I kind of would dig the idea that Gambit and Jubilee He's probably would like out. showing her card tricks and she's annoyed and like trying to watch the news. <laughs> anyway. She's like, listen, my boyfriend isn't here. You're here. I got to do something. I'm bored. <laughs> so this has been the episode. Do we want to rate it? It was a episode. All right. So this is out of five X's. I gave it like a three. 
Yeah. It's not great. I'll give it like but a 3.5 just because I like Storm and Rogue. But this episode didn't make a ton of sense. And it was really no, it silly. Really, it just was very confusing. But like it wasn't confusing in other ways that X-Men episodes no, no, had no. been. No, no, no. Like I, I like understood the plot. It was more confusing from the standpoint of me being like, wait a minute. I've read some of these comics and I don't <laughs> understand this. I mean, no. It was also like <laughs> the way that they laid out the episode was kind of confusing. But true. Whatever. I, I enjoyed it because it did make me like laugh a lot. And there was like all those moments between Morph and Wolverine made me very happy. I liked all the interactions between Rogue and Storm, and I really liked the animation of the Shadow King because it's yeah, not that like was really cool. It's not good, but like it, I think they do a lot with what they can, considering they're like, oh, this has to be a kid friendly show and also be in the Jim Lee style. Don't make it too scary. Mm-hmm. So like, also Xavier you know, popping out of the snow at the end genuinely made me laugh really, really hard. So like, okay, but that didn't make me as laugh as hard as where Xavier saying like. I think we're okay. And then just like fall off a waterfall to their death. And that just, that's just how the episode ended. And I was like, what? Okay. Yeah. That too. That was, I mean, it was good. I mean, this was a pretty fun episode. Like I am only going to give it a 3.5, but I feel like it's still worth watching. Like if you're rewatching, I think it's worth watching, but I have to, I have to tell you that the first five minutes of this episode is a hard sell. Mm -hmm. Cause I was just like, Oh God. It was like, as soon as they like, showed that they were in africa i was like oh god i I was like immediately disinterested with whatever racist bullshit was about to happen no i know and also like it's kind of weird and slow at the beginning too because it's like setting up so much exposition i mean also all the jumping around from like different random locations in africa and then randomly the amazon disneyland and then all of a sudden we're in like the middle of the (laughs) snow with xavier like it's a lot of like jumping around but i thought it was like funny and so even though nothing plot wise actually mattered in this episode i would still say don't skip it because it's kind of funny you know no it is it is and also like the dialogue in this is well written like as i said the whole scene where they rogue and storm reference dealing with yeah, the shadow I king before the even though i've never there been on the show lines that it stuck out to me as being like an awkward line or an awkward moment like writing wise i thought it flowed pretty well so. yeah and there's like some creepy parts they're not that creepy like the shadow king going through the astral plane and also i thought the creepiest part of this episode wasn't that or storm being a kid with the shadow king which i know creeped you out i was <laughs> creeped out more by the fact that there was like a dead baby yeah like, apparently I don't, like, you're like all, terrified of the idea of a child i don't know why i think it's because he looked like et a little bit and like <laughs> et is inherently creepy i e. mean e. i don't even is know creepy and also et much like the shadow king can possess people's minds oh my god et is a fucking disgrace to society yeah we gotta send that guy home how do we get him back there Anyway. I don't know. You should listen to our this other podcast you're on. Let's watch two movies. Sure. Or you could listen to any other show with Atomic Blue Productions, which is our little media company where we make videos and podcasts and other fun stuff. Yep. And you can find all of it at AtomicBlueProductions.com. And if you want to hear more X-Men stuff, I have another podcast where me and our mutual friend Katie reread our old teenage fan fictions that are getting a little sexy. A little? Uh <laughs> Yeah, they are, those, it's like, that show is graphic as fuck like if you think we talk about a lot of sex <laughs> Maddie on had a show, hard time listening to the last one she was like are, is Katie okay with this I'm like this is yeah Katie verified it was okay before we did I don't even know how it. to describe what that show has become but if you just want to like hear some really intense it's basically fetishes. us laughing at like insane fan fictions if you wrote really weird erotic fan fiction involving the X-Men or anything when you were a kid like in your teens and then ever tried to reread it, you would be like, "Oh God, no! That's what we're doing." But it's yeah, a podcast. yeah, yeah. They're doing it, and like it's called and Warcraft being Valley. Extremely Enjoy. Extremely embarrassed in real time. The X Men are there. The it's X-Men very are weird. There. 
Uh, oh, you should email us at themutantages at gmail.com. Yes, please send us reader mail. Uh, we want to read it here on this show, this one right here. And you can send in anything if you want to talk about what your favorite X-Men titles are right now. Um, I think Maddie would appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, I always, she's trying I always to sort like of... reading reading different comic books. Yeah, um, and if there's a favorite run that's from the past you like, like I always talk about New X-Men and Extreme X-Men a lot. And pretty much anything from the 80s, mm-hmm. like, that is a great time. Generation X, I really I mean, like. apparently my recommendation today, like it always is, was to read Monica Rambeau comics. But, you know, you That's can read true. whatever you want. Or you could even email us about your opinions on uh, the MCU and the X-Men films and where your thoughts lie on that and if yeah, they should be in the MCU. Yeah, and whether Storm should or shouldn't date Black Panther or marry him and whether she, she should be in that movie or not. Wolverine I mean, or Rogue got, or another lady. Please just email you know? us. We, we're so lonely. TheMutantAges at gmail.com. We have a Twitter, which is the mutant ages and we're also individually on twitter i'm at Mitty myers and i am ryan pagella and finally final plug we have a patreon oh yeah money money's yeah, cool it, so okay so i <laughs> that's, so that's been it our show. Uh, if you want to support us on patreon that'd be awesome i am moving back to massachusetts in the near future and maddie and i will be creating more stuff so you'd be able to support that. And that also puts Mary Ellen in the same state as, as us. And we'll be creating a lot more productions. Uh, our friends are getting on board. Right. He has a little fan base for some reason, but like <laughs> people want more of him. So you'll get that. And we want to make more shows and that can be helped by getting us new equipment. Cause we need like lights and microphones and Maddie needs us to get us headphones because whenever she records with mary ellen and i she hears herself ryan and mary ellen have terrible headphones so can you guys please give (laughs) us money on patreon thank you (laughs) a dollar is fine i'm not asking for more than a dollar like there's just a lot of listeners that's totally fine everything goes a long way um but yeah thank you thank you for that and again we'll be at aresia in january hell yeah we will and we'll see you there we'll see see you next time next time at atomicblueproductions.com or support us at patreon.com slash atomicblueproductions.